Just outside of Donald Reynolds Stadium in Fayetteville, Arkansas, is the wild band of Razorback statue and water feature. The monument is massive, and it features six hogs. Each hog is supposed to represent a certain trait. Staring at them, I'm not sure I could identify which hog represents relentlessness, passion, courage, victory, integrity, or unity. But there are some hogs who represent those virtues perfectly. I can still do everything I want to do in my life, but the only way I can do that is if I make no excuses. Obviously, I want to put three points on the board every time I go out there for my team, but I think I have a bigger calling off the field, um, both spiritually, um, kind of religiously, and um, community-wise. I like how God, how he, how he thinks. He likes to put us through the pain. So once we are done with the pain, that pain that tried to get to us again, you already overcome it. Welcome to BYU Radio's Big Stories, a show dedicated to the incredible tales surrounding the opponents of the BYU Cougars. I'm your host, Cleon Wall. In this episode, you'll hear from a kicker with a cause and a sightless inspirational speaker. But our first story is a mountain of a man who almost didn't realize his potential as a protector. Razorbacks freshman offensive lineman Joey Sua is listed at 6'4", and weighs over 340 pounds. And it's not surprising to find out that he likes hitting defenders on the football field. I like how the pancake, how the pancake feel, how they, boom, just feel amazing. As you can tell from Joey, the pancake is not a fluffy breakfast treat. It's when an offensive lineman slams a defender on their back. And that's all he thinks about when his team breaks the huddle. So while I'm waiting for the play to start, all I'm thinking is, what should I pancake this kid? How should I pancake him? Or how to move the line, how to go with the flow with the lineman. So I try to go with the flow with them to move the line. So the running back, quarterback can just run through, and make the touchdown, or the quarterback can like get a view of the uh, wide receiver to throw the ball. When he was younger, Joey's pancakes during football camps and practice led to real food his parents would reward him with carne asada fries. That's like my number one thing to eat. Every time I get pancake for my parents, my parents would say, if I want to eat carne asada fries, which is my favorite thing to eat, I have to get like at least more than five pancakes. If I get over 10, I'll get like two carne asada fries, and it'll be the best thing I ever had in my life. I'll be sleeping really good. Joey is a protector. This is Joey's mother, Nalo Sua. When Joey was young, um, Joey will always try to step in front of anything that's coming to hurt us. And he thinks he was macho and he was just little, <laughs> you know, trying to stop anything. Um, so we had to tell Joey, Joey, when you're in the front as a left tackle, protect them, that's your family. And he did. He went out there and he devoured, and <laughs> he destroyed. But a disease almost claimed Joey's life before he became the protector he is today. The number Joey wears is 54. So Joey was in the hospital for 54 days. The 54 is representing of how God gave me a second chance, what God did for me. It's the 54 days he gives back to God. Tragedy struck Joseph and Nalo Sua's young family when Joey was just two years old. Joey's younger brother, Daniel, died when he was two months old from sudden infant death syndrome. So Joe and I were still in full emotions. We had so much emotions. We didn't know which emotion to pull from, to, you know, to carry on for that day. 
Two months later, Joey had a fever that wouldn't go away. So Joey goes to lay down and, and he started seizing and I've never seen seizures before. And I'm like, Joey, why are you doing that? And he was like, the light, the light, mom, the light hurt, the light hurt. So I turned off the light and I'm sitting there and I'm like, something's not right with my kid. Early in the morning, I rushed him to the hospital. Joey had another seizure at the hospital. Staff told Nalo to get out of the way while they treated him. So she walked into the restroom. I dropped to my knees and I started praying. I said, God, whatever you're doing, just don't take this one. And I just felt this warm hand just touch me and said, everything's gonna be okay. And I, I looked up and I couldn't see who it was, but it felt so real because that hand was so warm and, and the light was so bright. Like I felt like someone just turned the sun on in front of me. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Now, I love God and I trusted God, but I've never encountered God the way I did that day. While Joe was making his way to the hospital, doctors told Nalo that Joey's brain was swollen, which was causing the seizures. Joe and I were upstairs and the doctor came and said, he's a very sick guy. And we took cultures and we tried hitting it with a few antibiotics and none of them is working. And I said, okay, so what does that mean? He was like, there's, there's nothing we can do. There's no hope. He left and he comes back and he tells us that we have to go and plan a funeral. And I was like, what? He said, he's not gonna make it. I, I read a story in the Bible where Jesus went into a room and he chased everybody out and he, he, he prayed for the young girl and he said, Talita come. And the young woman stood up and she was rose. And I just, I asked my wife, I said, you believe this is God's word? And I said, well, if you don't believe that God has a word for him, I need you to step out the room. She said, yeah, I believe. I said, okay, wherever I open this Bible to, it's gonna be a word for my son. He said, strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees and give way, and say to those with a fearful heart, be strong and do not fear for your God will come and save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb shout for joy. And then I just closed the Bible and I looked at her and I started smiling because I knew that God was going to bring him through it. Doctor comes back and he was like, I'm just here to, you know, to follow up. Have you guys made your decision? And I said, you know what, doctor, my son's not dying today. And the doctor said, okay you know, we'll follow up again tomorrow if he survives. Well, the next morning he walks in, he was like, all right, guys, I don't know what happened. Something happened, but this kid made it. He made it. Oh, he made it. He beat all the odds. Doctors determined Joey had contracted meningitis. The next 53 days in the hospital were trying. It included more seizures and a stroke that left the left side of Joey's body paralyzed. Doctor said he would never walk again and be bedridden. So we took it in and we were like, okay, God, you saved him. You saved him for a reason. Um, we still have him. That's all that matters. But Joey continued to get better. His parents pushed him through physical therapy and eventually he was able to walk again. But one of Joey's five senses would never return to full strength. So Joey ended up losing 60% of his hearing. 
Joey was completely deaf in one ear and partially deaf in another. Bullies picked on him in elementary school because he wore hearing devices. I had a cochlear. One kid broke it, which I didn't like it. And then that's when it made me, like, really mad. I didn't... That's when I started, like, taking off my hearing aid, cochlear, and then I never wore them. But Joey changed his mind when he got to high school, and football played a big part. That's when I realized, if I want to play in the D1 school, I need to get my hearing right. I need to focus on class because I know that when I reach high school, now that these kids, they, they really don't bully me because of what I'm, what I'm becoming. And the way he overcame his hearing loss on the football field was with his vision. I mean, all you got to do is walk the ball. It's not really on the quarterback. It's on the ball when the ball moves. That's when you move. I don't really listen to the quarterback. I just listen to him, whatever the play he said. I just look at the ball. I seen a really good lineman. I seen a really good lineman that, although his hearing might not be as, as great, but every other sense was top notch. You know, we'd have our left guard help him out. This is Bentonville High School head football coach Jody Grant. You know, usually our center makes the front call. Well, we would have to have the left guard echo that and make sure he knew. We had some, you know, we would tap him sometimes on cadences and when the whistle had blown. The Sua family moved to Bentonville, Arkansas, right before Joey's junior year of high school. Families of fellow football players welcomed them with open arms and supported them after the Suas found out their furniture wouldn't arrive for another month. They stepped in as a community. Um, they brought over all the necessities, literally the beds um, that we were able to rest peacefully on, a couch, um, some pots and pans. Joey was like, they don't even know us. And they took care of us. And I said, yeah, son. So because they took care of us, now you have to take care of them. Coach Grant and his players also did what they could to embrace their new starting offensive lineman. And so in the film room, they would, they would make sure he understands and communicate. I think some of them came up with their own version of sign language to communicate to him. Obviously, they don't know how to sign, but they would figure out ways to talk. It was actually kind of fun to watch. When I was in high school out in California, I never would go out. I never went out. And then, like, when I came here, some of them were, like, telling me if I want to go out. That kind of, like, surprised me. I'm like, Wow. Because nobody asked me if I want to go out or hang out with them or go go somewhere. And then that's when then, that's when I feel like so I'm a part of the family. He's got a good story. I asked Joey going into his senior year, I said, like, what, what do you want out of this game of football? He said, I want to show kids that are like me that they can play this game at a high level. And I was like, take that and run with it and, and, and influence kids that are like you. And it could change the world for those kids. And he's embraced that and he's done a good job with it. Joey's words of wisdom to kids who've gone through similar experiences are simple. Keep God first, no matter what. Keep God first, ask God for strength, because I'm pretty sure he will, he love you, no, he love you no matter what. Joey Sua has learned to live with his hearing loss. When we come back, you'll hear from a Razorback who lost his sight, but found his way. Welcome back to Big Stories. I'm Cleon Wall. Like most campuses, the University of Arkansas is gorgeous. Mature trees shade most of the sidewalks. Many of the walkways have the names of graduates stamped into the concrete. 
Kids congregate near the student center because of a band camp, as you can hear from the tooting tuba. And if you listen closely, you'll also hear Will Lamley cruising around campus. He's a junior at Arkansas, a big time Razorbacks fan, a motivational speaker, and he's blind. That sound is Will using his white cane. And the stick I work with um, is not one you tap, it's one you uh, just roll across the ground, which is a lot more convenient uh, because tapping, you can miss things that, uh, that you can catch when, when you use the rolling uh, ball at the end of the stick. And like University of Arkansas, I've gotten comfortable with walking around, but when I first started Arkansas, uh, before my freshman year, it took time like figuring out where different areas were, whether it was um, the main places I went, my classes, the football facility, or to eat. Wait, why was Will hanging out at the football facility? Let's rewind in Will's life to find out. I grew up in Owasso, Oklahoma, which is just north of uh, Tulsa. And um, my whole life, there's nothing more that I love to do than just uh, be around my friends, uh, play sports, and watch the Razorbacks in, in any sport, whether it's baseball, basketball, or football. Will has witnessed hawk heaven at plenty of Arkansas sporting events. I remember um, it was around 2011, 2012, Arkansas was playing Tennessee in football and there was a guy named Joe Adams. He had probably one of the craziest punt returns in college football history. Now he does a tightrope back. He went like backwards, sideways, and then sideways again. Boy, Houdini's in the house. It was crazy punt return. And nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy I was probably in like fourth grade because I remember that was one of the last years Arkansas was like really, really good in football. Will loves the competition. Even from a young age, like like some coaches would be like, guys, we're out here to have fun. I remember telling my dad, I'm like, dad, like it's not fun if we don't win. Will was having a blast playing sports going into his sophomore year of high school. And then something changed during a football game in 2018. When I looked up at the scoreboard and realized that um, I could not tell what the score was, and I looked at my teammates and they were blurry, but I could still tell who was who. And I really did not think too much of it when it first started happening because up to this point, 16 years of my life, all I knew was 2020 sight. Two weeks after that, um, I can no longer drive. And then one month after that, I could no longer make out the faces of everyone around me, which is when I started to get worried more than anything. And then two months after that, um, I had a long doctor's appointment in Oklahoma at the best eye clinic in Oklahoma. The doctor came in that night and told me that there might be a chance that I'm blind the rest of my life, which this came as a total shock because the word blind had never crossed my mind. In Baltimore, Maryland at John Hopkins, uh, they diagnosed me with a uh, extremely rare eye condition. It's called um, Lieber's hereditary optic neuropathy, where all my central sight is gone. And I remember just when, when I first heard of this news, um, I asked, like, I mean, what, where do I even go in life? Because everything I knew changed in one way or the other. My husband and I, we were doing anything and everything we could. This is Will's mother, Melissa Lambley. We had to realize we're not in control. Um, and so our mind shift had, our minds had to shift to, can't fix this, how can we support him? 
How can we push him to be the best that he can be and all God's called him to be? The biggest thing that helped me was, uh, was, my, was my faith. And then my dad um, telling me that I, I can still do everything I want to do in my life. But the only way I can do that is if I make no excuses. I definitely was angry at him more than anything for saying that. But uh, I'm definitely thankful now um, that he's pushed me. While Will's father was trying to motivate his son, he was also looking for help. So he emailed Chad Morris about Will's story. I told Cece, which was my administrative assistant, I told her, I said, let's dial his number. I want to talk to his dad right now. Morris, who now works for Clemson, was the Razorbacks' head football coach. And so picked up the phone, called his dad, and uh, immediately his dad just kind of breaks down, starts crying, and can't believe that I'm actually calling him. It wasn't long thereafter that I immediately talked to Will and um, invited Will over and told Will I wanted him to come over and be my guest at a baseball game and come and um, speak to our football team as well at some point or come watch us practice and, or be around us at practice. And when Will finally showed up to a Razorback practice, Coach Morris asked him to address the team. He really didn't know I was going to call on him right then to speak. And so I, I asked him just a little bit before, I said, hey, would you mind saying a couple words to the team? After an up a Razorback fan, so I was like, man, I would love to. And it, it made it easier to you because, I mean, obviously public speaking can be scary, but I tell people it's, it's not really that scary when you can't see the people in the crowd. <laughs> I, I kind of prefaced the team with his story. You know, he's lost his eyesight. They were very inspired by his story and his, uh, just his outlook on life and his, his positive attitude. The former boss hog encouraged Will to become an inspirational speaker. I just shared with him that the only disability in life is a bad attitude. And I said, you know, Will, your story is so, you know, you're, you're, cause he was so inspired by just the ability that, that, that the way I had the ability to, to contact him and, and reach out to him and invite him over. It was inspiring to him. And I said, no, no, you gotta understand, Will, you're an inspiration to so many people. And there's so many people that need to hear your story and you can touch so many lives. Will also started touching lives in a different way by continuing his high school football career. I looked, on, looked up on YouTube, blind football player, and found a video of a guy named Jake Olson. And then just ran on the field and it was, it was almost a peaceful moment. Who uh, was completely blind. It was a long snapper for uh, USC, University of Southern California. And I watched his story for probably four to five hours straight. And the next day, um, my football coach, um, Coach Marley, had me in his office like he did just about every day. And as he was talking to me, I told him, Coach, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I want to be there with my brothers. I'm playing football this year. And he was all for it. Coach Marley came up to me during one of uh, our football workouts and said, what, what do you think about playing nose guard? And the nose guard is the person who lines up in front of the center. And he said, every play, you have one job, and that's to knock over the center. So as the ball was snapped, knocked over the center every play and made a lane for the linebackers to, to make a play and be able to tackle the running back or go sack the quarterback. It was nerve-wracking at first, but just the more I was out there, um, the more comfortable I got with it. Did opponents know that you were blind? Uh, some did, some didn't. So it made for some interesting times. There was many times I would tackle someone, they wouldn't have the ball, and then the refs would come up to our... Uh, our coach would be like, man, you got to tell number 20 to stop. And our coach would be like, uh, he, he's blind. And then the refs would be like, oh, okay, it's fine. 
I was a captain both those years. And uh, my junior year, <laughs> um, since I've grown up a huge Razorback fan, um, our running back was running to the end zone and he kneed at the one yard line. Um, and my team uh, made a play for me called the Wild Hog where I came in and um, they lined me up behind the quarterback and he handed the ball off to me and I was able to run the ball in the end zone and score a touchdown. And that, that was just a really cool moment because it showed the power of, of a team. And it, man, it, it brought the biggest smile to me to, to be out there on Friday nights because so many things in my life had gotten taken away, but just to be able to still play football, um, and it was, it was so much fun. And um, something my high school does now is um, every week, whatever player has the best effort, is a great teammate and does something to make a, make a difference on the team or to practice, maybe from the previous week, um, where's the number 20? And it's to honor, um, to honor me when I was playing, which I don't like it just be, being about me, but I like the tradition uh, of just like, you have, to, you have to earn it. And I think it's been a cool tradition. Will is a busy guy at the University of Arkansas. He does a lot of things that a seeing person does, like play basketball. If I can kind of like, get in the direction where the goal's at, maybe sometimes I'll get lucky and it'll go in. He also attends plenty of Razorback football and basketball games. I just love uh, the environment because the student session gets loud and I just love uh, getting loud and having a good time. It's, it's a lot of fun. I was able to smile, not because my situation was great, but because I knew Will also spends plenty of time trying to encourage others with his story, and he never shies away from where he receives his strength. No matter what happens, all we got to do is trust in him. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here because he's given me hope in situations where I felt hope so hopeless. When you put your trust in God, that doesn't mean that life is, is going to be perfect. But what it does mean is that it'll change not only how you approach every day, but it'll also change like, like your, your future because you'll know that, that there is future beyond where, whatever happens to you on this earth. Um, something I always tell people is, um, like, I never want you to feel bad for me. Rather, just ask yourself the same question I have to ask myself every day. What's holding you back from having your... Uh, best attitude and bringing your best effort in whatever you're doing, because those are two things that, um, that we can always control no matter how hard anything is. Who knows what he would have been like had he not had this. So it's a blessing if you look at it the right way, <laughs> which is hard, but what he's allowing to come from it is a gift. When we return on Big Stories, Cam Little is kicking for cash, but he doesn't keep it. Welcome back to Big Stories. The Center for Nonprofits at St. Mary's in Rogers, Arkansas, is a pretty big building and houses 60 agencies. On this day, I was trying to track down the Down Syndrome connection of Northwest Arkansas. And after walking around for a bit, I finally found the small room that houses the organization. Director Lindsay Dover was just getting ready to hop on a Zoom call to talk to someone about the organization's website. So I had a few minutes to chat with a few others. What is your name? Real Bobby. Bobby? Bobby, what's your real name? Uh, Bobby. 
Bobby's real name is Bradley, and he loves to sing and go swimming. He didn't want to give up the microphone, but he finally relinquished it to Liam Meza. I am 27. I am ambassador for helping for advancing progress with Miss Lindsay. And he's a competitive swimmer. I did a 500 is 20 times. Oh my goodness, you went 20 times. So wait, 20 laps. 20, so 20 laps. So. I never get tired. What? Do you have this much energy when you do chores? Yes. I do chores. I did cat poops and dishes away and okay. close back to my closet. This is why Liam is the ambassador of Down Syndrome Connection. The gist of our pillars of programming is, is that we want to focus on lifelong learning for people with Down syndrome that, that focus on skills that allow them to have as much independence as possible. So we may be focusing on skills around the home, you know, doing laundry, doing dishes, cooking. Um, we also focus on social skills and being a good friend, making friends, being able to interact with people in public. Um, we, we talk about safety, um, you know, safety in our community, safety, um, just, you know, online, things of that nature. Lindsay Dover wants the kids and adults she serves to be seen and heard. Like I take the whole group out bowling, you know, like I say, okay, you're going to go to the counter. You're going to order yourself a drink. You know, I encourage those interactions with people in public because number one, it enforces their independent skills, but then it also gives them a chance to interact with people in our community and expose those people in our community to say, oh yeah, people with Down syndrome, they're just like other people. Because the Down Syndrome Connection is a nonprofit, it thrives on donations. A PAT to make it a three-point game, Cam Little checks in. And that's where Cam Little comes in. He's the Razorbacks place kicker with lofty goals. I think my main goal this year is just kind of to go 90 plus percent um, on field goal. I was 83 my freshman year and 82.6 last year. So hopefully I can get over that hump into 90 percent. And if he does hit 90 percent of those field goals, it's going to cost him some money. But hopefully it will also raise a lot of money. Here's why. As Cam was getting ready for his freshman season at Arkansas, he had heard that Illinois punter Blake Hayes had donated money to brain cancer research for every punt he landed inside the 20-yard line. Hayes did it because he had a friend who died from the disease. I want to do something like that. That's personable for something with my family. So um, I have a really good relationship with my little cousin, Aiden, and he has Down syndrome. And anytime I'm around him, he puts a smile on my face and a smile on every single one of my family's face. Um, and... I know that sometimes um, Down syndrome is often overlooked, and I just wanted to use my platform to see if we could um, raise some money for Down Syndrome Connections that was local to the area. So Cam promised to donate $10 for every field goal he made his freshman season, and he hoped that people would join in on the donations. The response was a hundred times bigger than I could have ever expected, honestly. I think that just speaks a lot about the Arkansas community. They stood behind um, a freshman kicker who was just going out there having fun, trying to raise money for a, a foundation he was passionate about, and they wanted to get behind it. You know, we were like, well, yeah, of course, that would be amazing. And of course, we didn't know who Cam was at that point, uh, and we hadn't met Cam, and he started the season, and... You know, they were, they talked about it on TV and we were getting donations. This is crazy. This guy calls me, he's in Alabama. He has no connection to Down syndrome. He has no connection to Arkansas. Had seen this about Cam on TV, was so inspired. He wanted to send us a $500 donation, which he did. And I was just blown away. 
ABC's Good Morning America got wind of Cam's fundraising efforts and invited him down to Reynolds Stadium for a live broadcast. His cousin Aiden was there to greet him, and a local business donated $25,000 to the Down Syndrome Connection. I never, like, I never cry, um, especially on national TV. I was, um, had to hold it in a little bit just to know that I kind of had an impact on something bigger than um, obviously putting three points on the board for my team um, was really cool. And uh, like I said, I'll never take it for granted. You, you've talked about your cousin Aiden now a couple of times. What, what was it like growing up with him? What was it like hanging around him and, and, and doing stuff with him? Man, um, brightest kid I've ever been around. Um, anytime he wanted, we wanted to go do something sports related, like soccer, basketball, throw the football. Um, he wanted to go out there. He was like, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go play on the teeter-totter. Let's go throw the football. Let's go kick the soccer ball around. So I was super grateful for that because I have an older brother and he would be kind of busy with some of his stuff. I'd have someone to play with. It was one of my family members. So um, always brought a smile on my face, always brings the energy and super, super funny kid too. I think just him having a smile on his face really inspired me to kind of have a smile on my face all the time. From what you're describing, it's not like you treated him any differently than maybe any of your other uh, family members or friends or anything like that. No, sir. Same way. Kim is a great person to me. Here again is Liam Meza. He makes my life happy because I spent time with him. Liam has hung out with Cam a few times, including bowling together to help raise funds for Down Syndrome Connection. Did you bowl better than Cam that day? (laughs) I do not beat Tim. He's an awesome dude. Lindsay Dover doesn't have an exact figure, but she estimates Cam has helped raise over $40,000 for Down Syndrome Connection. I mean, yes, bringing in the money is great because it helps us continue to do what we do. But I think because he is a public figure and he has a lot of, of media attention, I think he's just brought a great deal of awareness, which is also critically important to our mission because we want to increase awareness and inclusion in our community. Um, and he has the, uh, the public stage to do that, whereas we don't necessarily have that. So I think that has been huge. 34-yard field goal try from the right hash for Cam Little is long on the year and a career is 51. Cam is committed to donating $50 for every field goal he hits this year. But when he lines up to boot a ball for three points, he never thinks about the money that will come out of his own pocket. Um, the Lord put me on this platform for a reason, and I'm going to use it to better my community. I feel like um, I've always been someone who really wants to work in the community, and I really do care about my local community because eventually one day these are maybe the community that my kids are going to grow up around. It's the one that my wife, future wife is going to be a part of. So I really want, I mean, I want the community that my family's going to grow up in um, to be how the Lord wanted it shaped. Thanks for listening to Big Stories. It's produced and written by me, Cleon Wall. Music and post-production is by Kevin West. A big thanks to ESPN for the highlight. Make sure you watch BYU TV's Big Stories by logging on to BYUSN.com. Big Stories is a production of BYU Radio. 